excited about the fact uh, that 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 uh, a miracle, something that happened that they didn't expect. But you know, the the thing that 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 all of us, as we lay down at night, is that Lord, be with me even as I sleep. And the first thing you should uh, say in the morning is, "Thank you, Lord, for being with me." Could you be with me during the day? Because I don't know what will happen during this day. And I understand by now, because if you've lived 81 years like Sister Holly, you know that there's some days that, that you're wondering, Lord, what exactly are you doing? Because yesterday I was so high and, and I had my orders and I was uh, marching down the right road, being guided by you. And today I have entered into this valley of total despair. Lord, I'm being pressed on every side. Ah, what does this have to do with healing, Brother Sneed? I'm glad you asked, because it certainly should have been on the mind of Paul, who just last week, Brother Ananias came into his life, touched him, and he was healed from his blindness, and he immediately uh, we saw him uh, go to the synagogues and began to preach, began to do ministry. And he did ministry and he did it so effectively and so powerfully that that day, anytime you're doing anything for God, you can expect some trouble. So any, any, any blood ball, any, any Christian, any, any soul saved person on this uh, Zoom today can know one thing. The devil is not going to quit his attack just simply because you're doing ministry. You say, wait a minute, what's, what's this got to do with the miracles at Malta? It has everything. Because before you get to the miracles at Malta, you got to understand the misery that this servant of Jesus Christ was going through. Just as Jesus said, remember last week when uh, uh, when it was read by Brother Bogan that he would that 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 Paul would suffer many things for the sake of the gospel, and we we've seen in these previous chapters how he suffered. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, uh, Sister. Uh, Gwen Taylor, do me a favor. I need you to go to Acts 27, verse 3. And then, uh, Sister Paulette Lovelace, I need you to tell me uh, what Paul experienced uh, at, uh, at this island called Malta by reading for me verses 1 and 2. That's Sister Paulette reading verses 1 and 2 of chapter 28. Sister Gwen Thompson is going to read chapter 27. Verse three, and I think it's very important to read that because we're going to see something. Is that all right with uh, my host uh, Davies and and Pillow? Can can I do that? Can can I do this class? Oh, okay. I, you know they 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 try to control me, class. You know uh, Davies and Pillow, and then Linda Mills. I'm glad she stopped coming because they they just try to control me. But today I will not be. Uh, Sister Gwen, you need to unmute. You need to unmute. Acts okay. 27, three. And the next day we touched at Sidon 
And Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go into his friends to refresh himself. All right. Now drop down and read verse, I think it's um, 13, maybe. 27. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing uh -huh. thence, they sailed close to Crete. Ah, on his way, on a ship. Now, how did he get there? If you back up, you'll see that Paul is on his way to Rome, but little did he know that he would be going to Rome this way. He's on a ship, Davies. He, he, you know, and it and ain't that Holland your damn either. You know, it's a ship, it's a Roman prisoner ship. And Paul is in chains. And 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 if I had Sister Gwen to keep reading, she would read that while he was on this ship, a storm arose. And the ship began to be tossed and turned. And, and the people, the captain of the ship panicked. And we find Paul stepping up and becoming sort of the captain of the ship, giving orders, telling them what to do. Now he in prison, he in chains, he's the prisoner. But he's given the command. He takes charge because they're in a storm. They're in a crisis. And you know what? That ship was torn up. That ship was wrecked. Will anybody survive? Will anybody survive this ship? Sister Lovely, verse one and two. Miracle at Malta. All right. And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. In other words, Malta. They, when they escaped, escaped what? The shipwreck, the ship being torn apart. Paul is on his way to Rome because in, uh, I think it was chapter uh, 22, Sister Gwen, that, that, that God came to Paul and says, Paul, you are going to Rome. Oh, okay. I'm a Roman citizen. Oh, I'm I'm I was called to be a voice to the Gentiles. But little did Paul know that it take this route, that the very people that he had bought the gospel to in Jerusalem were fighting him on every end. They had the Sadducees and the Pharisees had conspired to even kill him, friend. But, but because Paul is a Roman citizen, they knew they couldn't touch him. So they turned him over to the government. And, and you would think that, you know, Paul going uh, before Felix, uh, as Sister uh, Gwen uh, told us, that everything would, you know, uh, it would work out. He would make his ap appeal and he, he, he would go to uh, uh, Agrippa and, uh, in chapter 26, and, 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 and Grippa says, Paul, you are so persuasive. Thou almost persuaded me uh, uh, to be a Christian, to accept Jesus Christ. And you know what, Paul? If you had an appeal, I would have let you go. 
but I got to send you to Rome. See, folk, when God has asked you to do something, there ain't nothing you can do to get out of it. God is in control. God is the way maker and the miracle maker. But when we view these miracles, I want you to keep in mind that miracles are nothing new for God. Miracles are simply uh, the work clothes that God wears to work every day. That's what miracles are. It's no big thing to him. He's dressed for success every day. And, and here we find that after being shipwrecked, Sister Lovelace tells us they escaped the storm and the wrecked ship. And they land on what some would call the bad side of Malta. And, and we would say the bad side simply because people, the, the island of uh, Melita or Malta was in fact uh, known, uh, but, but, but the other side of Malta, they didn't hang. People didn't know much about them, and we'll find out uh, that as we read. And in there, in verse 2, Sister uh, Lovelace, we see what? And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the, pre of the present rain and because of the cold. Huh. They see somebody they did not know who they call barbarians, but you got to understand now, the Greeks call everybody barbarians who was not Greek. Okay? But these were people who had a different tongue. So that tells me that they had not had contact with these folk before. They simply didn't know these people, but yet these barbarians received them with kindness. This is Lovelace, if you would read just a sentence down to kindness for me again. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. Thank you very much. Eternal God, my Father, we thank you this morning for this lesson. We thank you for Paul, we thank you for the many miracles that you have performed in days past, the present, and those that you'll perform in the future. We ask the Lord right now that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable as we discuss this lesson, showing what a great healer and miracle worker you are, that you will use all the resources in heaven and in earth to bring about the healing and miracles that you desire. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this lesson. Thank you for showing us what a great God, what a miraculous Savior you are. And so Sister Lovelace has taken us from a shipwreck to a reception. And it is all guided by the hand that God brings them to this place where after escaping the shipwreck, they now are with a people that because they are foreign, because they don't speak the same language, that, 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 that these folk would say, we've escaped the shipwreck 
And now we've run into these people who are so different. Surely, what can we expect? They may have expected a very souring uh, reception, but instead, those folk received them with kindness. That is nothing but a miracle. See, you thought the miracle was that he escaped the shipwreck. Yeah, but God continues in it. And, and it shows us the reason why I did this this way is because I want, there's somebody out there that needs to hear this today. Don't think that because you're in ministry that you won't, first of all, have some setbacks, some setups, and that you won't be hurt. And just because you are doing the right thing, just because you are being righteous, just because you have the right standard, doesn't mean that some bad stuff won't happen to you. Mm -hmm. Paul has done nothing but preach the word of God, but yet he's been chained. Yet he's been sent to Rome. Yes, he'd like to have gone there under other conditions, but he's going as a prisoner, it seems. And, and even while he's on the way to Rome, it seems like a storm is going to kill him. And God saves him as he escapes to an island, to a part of an island. First of all, you would wonder, well, why did God bring him to this side of the island? Wouldn't it be nice for them to see a friendly face in their minds? Took him to the side of the mountain, that, uh, an island that they knew nothing about. But yet they receive an abundance of kindness. For they kindle. This is something that kindness, just something simple. These poor folk are cold and wet. Matter of fact, probably still raining, drenched from a cold sea. These folk built a fire for them. And they received every one of them. Brought them into the community. Because it was cold. When you were cold, you need some warmth. That's the ultimate kindness. These folks says, these folks need to be treated well. They've survived the, trip, uh, uh, the, the, the shipwreck and now they need to be warmed because it's cold. And you know what? We know in the reading, the number of people on the ship that survived the shipwreck, there's over 200 people. So this is a big fire, Monty. This is a big fire. Sister Paulette, verse three. I just want you to see the hospitality, the thing that God has provided, because God is the ultimate provider. He is the source, and he will make all the resources available to you just as he's about to do another miracle. That is a miracle in itself. Not another miracle is about to happen. Verse 3, uh, Sister Lovelace. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. Saved from a shipwreck. Sister Samuels, I want you to hear me. Saved from a, a shipwreck. First of all, saved from a mob, put on a ship. When uh, a ship is wrecked, now they are saved from the shipwreck, Paul. And Paul who a few minutes ago, a few hours ago, was out there giving orders saying, do this, throw this over, move this here, and don't do this. 
taking over command of the ship, we find him helping his hospitality committee to keep others warm. He's collecting wood for the fire. Isn't it amazing how God has called you to this high calling in ministry, but yet that high calling also calls you to serve folk? Paul serves. Paul could have said, I'm shivering and I'm cold and, you know, I've, I've saved you from the shipwreck. You guys get over there and get the wood. But no, you know what he did? He collected wood so that people would be warm, so that the whole community there gathered amongst these so-called barbarians would be, in fact, warm. And while he did it, while he's doing service, while he's doing the best to please the master and the members of this local community here, some bad stuff happens. Lord, you had me put in jail, my life threatened. Now I'm in chains on a ship almost drowned it because the ship wrecked. And now when I'm just trying to get a little warm, I'm bitten by a snake. This just ain't right. A anybody know that uh, former member of our church, now deceased, one of her favorite uh, expressions was, this just ain't right. It just ain't right that you're doing the work of the ministry. You're just trying to get to Rome. You're trying to survive long enough to get to Rome. And all this stuff is happening to you. Coal, need food, need, need a fire. You collect wood for the fire. And now this old snake. And, and let me tell you, what's, what's really so odd? They've debated this fact about these snakes for a long time, uh, Sister Lovelace, because there are no snakes that they can find on this island right now. But I trust Dr. Lou. He, he says that it was a snake that latched onto his hand, a venomous snake. Read it, Sister Lovelace, verse four. It says when, it was a venomous snake. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt, this man is a murderer, whom though he had escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffered not to live. Isn't that amazing? You done gone through all of this, Sister Pillar. You're bitten by a snake. And now the very people who were formerly and a part of the people, a part of your community that survived, you know what they say? The barbarians, they say, oh, this man, he escaped the sea, but surely he must be a murderer. He, he must be a thug because the gods have, you know, they, the, the fact that, 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 that no snake, they, they're saying themselves, where in the world did this snake come from? That, that it must have come from the gods because this man thought he had escaped justice. But the gods have made sure 
that justice has been served on this man. Not only has he been shipwrecked, cold, drenched, almost drowned. Not only has he been bitten by a snake and he had to shake it off, he's now bitten by another snake called criticism. Wait a minute. When, when is this going to stop, Sister Samuels? I, I'm just trying to do the work of the Lord. Lord, where is the miracle in this? You're just saving me from one disaster to take me into another disaster. I've been bitten by a snake, and now I got people who don't even know me calling me a murderer. Oh, I'm going to tell you, there, there, there's something powerful in those two scriptures because it, it tells us that if we're going to survive ministry, let, let me just depart here for a minute and, and share with you. If you're going to survive ministry, you need to shake off the snakes. You, you need to shake off the snake, first of all, of crisis. And it's a crisis when you've been bit by a snake, a poisonous snake, when you've been almost dry. Paul, you got to do just like Paul did. You got to shake it off. But you also got to shake off the snakes of criticism because people will come down on you that don't even know you. But God, but God, and this is no act of no gods that are trying to exact vengeance on Paul or justice on Paul. This is the work of God is in control of this. Ain't no snake that bites you going to kill you. It ain't no criticism going to stop you. You got to shake it off. Sister Lovelace, read verse five. Verse five, I want you to hear. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no more. Did I tell you, you got to just shake it off? You're going to get hurt out here trying to do ministry. And just because you're doing the right thing don't mean that you won't get hurt. In this life, you will have trials and tribulations. If this ain't trials and tribulations, I don't know what it is. But here, Paul says, shake it off. But not only did he shake it off, did you notice, Sister Lovelace, that the beast, this snake, went back into the very fire that had been prepared by his hospitality committee. And, uh, and, 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 and Paul then uh, 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 continued the fire by collecting the wood. The snake went into the fire. And Paul was not harmed. Now, I know he wasn't harmed. Thank you, Sister Lovelace. Uh, Sister Gwen, could you pick up uh, verse 6? Gwen Thompson. Howbeit they look when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. That's amazing. It, it's a no. That, that's amazing that in one breath, Brother Davis, <laughs> did you notice? In one breath, they're criticizing him, saying that he must be a murderous thug. But when nothing but God himself, when they see that this snake has bitten him, this snake that they hadn't even seen, that had been a custom, venomous snake, 
They sat and they waited. And they waited. And they, you know, they start timing it, Fred. They, they start timing. Oh, yeah. He, 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 he getting ready to exit now. He getting ready to exit stage right now. Because he gone. He going to die. He been bit. You going to die is what they're saying. But to their surprise, while they look and no harm came to this man, they changed their minds. You, you've got to trust God. The only way you'll ever be able to shake off crisis, the only way you'll ever be able to shake off criticism is that you simply got to trust God. Paul wouldn't worry. You, you don't hear anywhere where Paul is saying, oh, he bit me. I've been bit. You know, somebody, hey, Dr. Luke, get out your bandages. He never said that. Because God is at work here. And God will change the minds of the mindless. God will change the minds of your critics. Your, your critics now in ministry are, are, are just waiting for a time when they will become your biggest champions. Your critics will champion you when nobody, the people who criticize you the most will be your most uh, ardent advocate. Because it changed their mind. Because they saw there ain't no way in the world this man could have survived. Unless he is a God. Look at verse seven, Sister Thompson. In the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. Huh. A switch on the same island that he was bitten by a snake, that he survived the drowning, he survived the shipwreck, he survived a, a, a venomous snake bite. There was a man, the chief man of the island, the honcho, the head honcho. He took us into his lodging and he was courteous to us for several days. And while we were there, now having been rescued, now having sitting in the island's greatest luxury for the lodgings that were provided by the island's chief, there's a problem. Just one thing after another. But I want you to watch God work. Because we're talking about miracles at Malta. Because the greatest miracle at Malta was not that Paul was healed from a snake bite. Y'all better hear me. Y'all better hear me. I believe the greatest miracle at Malta is about to be read. Sister Thompson, verse 8. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. Huh. The father. 
of Publius laid sick. Very sick. Really sick. A problem. To whom Paul entered in and prayed for. Paul, who had been healed from blindness, and we can say now, Fred, that he's been healed from the bite of a venomous snake. All great miracles had been saved from drowning in a cold, cold sea is now in the comfort of luxury, but yet is presented with a problem. And the problem is the father of Pibulus has some sort of blood disorder. Is sick. But Paul prayed and laid hands on him and he was what? Healed. The man who had received healing is now healing, Sister Vanessa. Y'all didn't hear me. Maybe, maybe uh, Michelle Callis heard me. The man who had been healed now is confronted with an issue with people who had been hospitable to him that he now knows that wherever there is sickness and illness that you need to go to the doctor of doctors. So what he did, he put in a 911 call prayer to the doctor of the universe. And the doctor said, put your hands on it. He says, remember how Ananias called you brother Saul and then put his hands on you? Just put your hands on him. And it says here that the man was healed. What a miracle. What a miracle, Fred. Sister Bonds, what a miracle. But is it? Is it the greatest miracle that happened at Malta? I would suggest to you, and I believe we are running out of verses, but I would suggest to you that in the next two verses, we will surely see the greatest miracle on Malta. Because if the greatest miracle wasn't that they survived a shipwreck, and if the greatest miracle wasn't that Paul was bitten by a snake, and if the greatest miracle was that people who thought he was a spiritual thug and murderer now think he is a godlike figure, if that wasn't the greatest miracle, what is? Because now he's going to heal the father of Publius. Let's see, Sister Thompson, verse nine. So when this was done, others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed. Hmm. Hmm. Isn't that interesting, Sister Davis? When Paul prayed, and solicited the help of the almighty God, 
and reached out a hand and touched a ruling family on the island, and the man was healed. Luke writes this. So when this was done, what, what was this? When Paul laid his hand, when this was done, others also who had diseases in the island came and they were healed. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. Because when they heard of this, when they heard the good news that there was a man who prayed to God and healed the ruling family's member, that that man was healed, they heard the good news and they came. And others were healed. You know what it doesn't say there, Sister Pillow? It doesn't say that Paul healed all of them. It didn't say that Paul opened up an open air tent and was just healing folk. Because remember, they came to this group who Paul's purpose was to share the gospel. Do you not think that Paul was telling them where, hey, I'm not a God. Remember during Agrippa, when, you know, when they fell down and they worshiped uh, them as gods, he says, no, y'all can't do that. Hold up. You can't do that. I'm quite sure the same thing here is this. And when they heard a word, now faith cometh by hearing. Paul, who trusted God without any question, touched the man, prayed for him, and because he did it, the word spread what Paul was talking about. Others came and others were healed. How were they healed? I would suggest to do that. Some of those folk, because of who was on that ship, <laughs> think about who's on the ship now. Some of those folks just got medical attention. But God will use all resources to make sure that people, he, he, he had a Kathleen Samuels on that ship who could take care of some bandage wounds and that sort of thing. They lumped them all together and says that they were healed. Some are healed by the touch. And some are healed by what is taught. Y'all better hear me this morning. But here it is. Paul is doing what God has told him to do. He's had these interruptions. He's had these diversions. But guess what? And all in all, he's going to Rome. And that's a miracle. He's going to Rome. And that's a miracle. Because what Paul done at Rome, they say, contributed as much to Christianity as the disciples had done in Jerusalem after Jesus. Hey, this man just this, used this experience, all these trials and tribulations to be heralded into the Kingdom Hall of Fame. 
And verse 10 says, Who also honored us with many honors. And when we departed, they laded us with such things as were necessary. Not only did the hospitable folk be hospitable, they now honored this group of people this man called Paul and his companions with the resources that they would need in order to get to Rome. Paul could have set up camp right there at Malta, set up one of the biggest ministries on the island, but that wasn't his mission. And he was not about to let circumstances in life deter him from experiencing the miracles that the Lord our Savior had in store for him. Oh, when you look at what Rome, when you start reading the book of Romans and see what happened as a result, how Paul taught, what he did, the churches he established, all there in Rome, you realize what a miracle at Malta, because Malta plays a significant role in ensuring that the man of God, who all the forces of evil had come against, enabled that man of God to survive in order to get to Rome. You know what's really interesting? The folk that were on the ship, they, they weren't disciples. They were Roman guards. When Paul left Malta, he's leaving as a prisoner again. Here, this man done did all of this, Sister Randall. You don't hear me. And that's the way we get sometimes, folk. I want you to remind you. You're thinking about, oh, I'm doing all of this in ministry and all these things just keep happening. Why me? You know, I'm just pouring out my heart. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing, shut up. Listen. God is working in all of this. Thinking Muslim was right. Romans 8, 28, that's why it's his right. All things. When God is working in it, God is working for you. And that's the miracle. It's a miracle that all these tragedies can come upon you, but yet they could not subdue you. They could not conquer you. That's a miracle, folk. That's the miracle at Malta. All the things. Paul should have been dead in Malta. These barbarians that thought at first that he was a murderer, stuff, they could have besieged and killed him right then and there because these superstitious, un unknowing God folk could have eradicated his life. But they didn't. Instead of criticizing him and hurting him, they cared for him and helped him in the work of the Lord. That is the greatest miracle at Malta. We look for healing. It's really good. But God gives us what we really need. And, and some of the things that we desire. That was the greatest miracle at Malta, was that Paul's ministry was not terminated 
and instead of being terminated, was aided. But yet when he leaves the island, he's in chains. <laughs> On his way to Rome, where he would just simply turn the world, the known world of that time, upside down with the word that he would preach. In preparing for today's lesson, there's a passage of scripture. Remember I said, Fred, this was just for you. Vanessa, this was just for you. Sister Bond, just for you. I meant that. To get the full impact of today's lesson, be impacted as I was and see if you see the same thing. If, if, if you don't call me. Over in 1 Kings, it's chapter 20, and it's just the first five verses. It's about a king who's approached by an enemy who demands, Brother Davis, that he give the best wives and the best, all the gold to him. And that king, a Jewish king, says, I'll do it. When we get under stress, we cannot surrender to the devil. God has given each of you a gift, and that gift is for ministry. The miracle is, if you trust God, he would take that gift and that ministry. If you'll just trust God and not be willing to turn your ministry over, because Paul could have said, look here, Festus, Felix, uh, if you just let me go now, I'll, I'll be all right. But Paul knew he had to go to Rome. God had told him he was going to Rome, Fred. There, there wasn't no, be no, no who's visiting this week or who's traveling this week. It's like, you will be traveling this week. In other words, if I, if I call you and say, Fred, you're going somewhere this week. That's what the Lord did to Paul. Don't turn your ministry over to the devil just because he asked for it. Just, just because times are tough. Paul didn't do it. Paul could have surrendered and said, I, hey, I don't need all this trouble. There's a miracle waiting tomorrow if you'll just do ministry today. I'll see you guys in church. Have a great week. See if you see what I see. Bless you.